The game is quite simple. Just say what you see. This is Game Shows, I suppose. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Niche Podcast about the one thing I know something about, game shows. I suppose I'm your host, Jordan Haas, a pre-recorded Jordan Haas from months past. We'll be talking about catchphrase today, uh, so before I get to that, the, the show, I gotta talk about Twitter, twitter.com slash Jordan and patreon.com slash Jordan Haas, and now that I got those plugs out of the way, let's get through the pricing game spotlight. Pocket change. Premiere day, January 10th, 2005. 3121K. Finale day, Bob Barker, June 1st, 2007. 4015K. Premiere day with Drew Carey, December 17th, 2007. 4161K. Pocket change is a game similar to Lucky 7, except how far the contestant misses the number does not apply here. Instead, having the starting price at 25 cents and inflating that amount with every single error. The contestant is given 25 cents at the start of the show, which is the selling price for the brand new car. Contestant is now shown the game board, which has spaces for the five digits in the price of the car and six digits lit up in the circles above. Luckily, the first digit in the price of the car will be revealed for the contestant for free, and it will remove one of those six numbers above. The contestant is then asked to select one of the remaining five digits as the second digit, the thousands place, in the price of the car. If they're correct, ding, 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 that pri- the digit's revealed and it's removed once again from the six, from five to four. If a contestant is, the contestant then gets to receive one of 20 pouches, one of 20 pockets, shall we say, uh, attached to the game board. These contain various amounts of change. If their guess, however, is incorrect, uh, that number is out of play out of the remaining choices, and now the price of the car goes up a full quarter, meaning 25 cents becomes 50 cents. Miss again, 75 cents. Miss again, a dollar, dollar 25, dollar 50, dollar 75, two dollars. Uh, and they must continue playing until they get that correct digit. Play continues this way for each of the remaining digits. The third digit place, which is the hundreds. The fourth digit place, the tens. And finally, the last digit in the price of the car. It's a 50-50 shot in the ones column. Once the price of the car has been guessed, the co- contents of the contestant's pouches are then revealed. One at a time to see if the contestant has earned enough money to buy that car at that final selling pl- price. If you played it perfectly, you win the car no matter what because 25 cents with 25 cents. 
but maybe you missed one number and it's 50 cents. You gotta hope your four pouches have 25 cents extra. Or if you made two mistakes, an extra 50 cents. Ooh, what if it's a full 75 cents or a dollar? Eek. Uh, the sum price will have remained the initial 25 cents games automatically won. The distribution chart uh, for different amounts of changes displayed at the bottom of the game board is as follows. You have to read this. <clears throat> Two of the 20 are have no money at all. Four of the 20 have a nickel, five cents. Five of the 20 have 10 cents, meaning nine of, meaning nine of the 20, actually 11 of the 20 have amounts less than a quarter. So, oof. Um, four of the 20 are a quarter. Three of the 20, 50 cents. And one each of 75 cents and one that's almost like a guarantee win, $2. If you get two bucks, you almost won the car. You can't possibly miss it. The highest possible selling price for the car would be $2.75. With four correct prices are red on the second number, three on the third, two on the fourth, and one on the last. If the selling price reaches this amount, it is impossible to win the game without choosing that $2 slip, a 1 in 20 shot. The player will also have to choose an envelope that had $2 and one that had 75 cents or 50 cents to add to the starting point of 25 cents to win the game, and that's considered the hard way. In the case of the first plane, the highest possible selling price was $4 with five additional misses. Pocket Change was created by Roger Dobkowitz and debuted January 10, 2005. In the first playing of Pocket Change, the first digit was not given in the outset, and the contestant had to select it from the board, just like all the other digits in the price. However, Matthew uh, received an additional pouch when he guessed that first digit, giving them five pockets. Uh, that change distribution was three zeros, five nickels, five dimes, four quarters, two fifty cents, and one two dollar. Uh, from January 17, 2005 onwards, to an only point, Distribution was three zeros, three nickels, six tens, four twenty-fives, two fifty cents, one seventy-five, one two dollar. But I gotta remember, it's two four five four three one one. All right. Under Bob Barker's tenure, the game was played differently three different times. Under Drew Carey's tenure, it was played perfectly only once. Uh, the two-dollar pouch was found sixteen times in this game. Most recently, December eighteenth, two thousand nine. Pocket change has been won eighty-four times. Most recent win was February twenty-eighth, twenty twenty. Pocket Change was played once on the primetime version of the show, May 14, 2008, A Million Dollar Spectacular. On May 23, 2012, Craig Ferguson showed up as a cameo. Just like three strikes in any number in Golden Road, there cannot be any repeating numbers in this game. Most number of times it was played in any season was 16. The money used in Pocket Change is not counted towards a contestant's winnings. You don't win like 12 cents. If Pocket Change is a million-dollar game, all you have to do is correctly guess every number in this first try, which leaves the selling price at a quarter cents. Uh, quarter cents? <laughs> what the hell am I saying? Just 25 cents. Uh, where if it's perfect, you win not just a car, you win a million dollars. I like that. I think that's actually a pretty reasonable, achievable goal as well. I like a Pocket Change. I think that's one of those classic luck-based games that also match that with perfect pricing, where if you play it correctly and you play it absolute to a T, you win the car guaranteed. If not, the luck has to be on your side. And sometimes, if you look at the four pockets, you can end up screwed and pick two zeros. 
And then the remaining two are five and five, and you're only left with a dime. So, oof, not fun. Uh, so, so it's a very fun luck-based game, and I enjoy that a lot. Um, I like that the uh, back half, the nine, are a quarter, 50 cents, 75 cents, and $2. Uh, I, the only thing, I, it's like I wonder if this needs a paint job nowadays because I, I, I like the little denim painting but maybe if it needs more denim maybe it needs more pockets maybe it needs a little bags like if there was a way to put bags with the pocket change and then uh drew opens up the card to reveal the five cents through the bag i think that would be kind of fun because this is called pocket change not card change but i don't know i'm just talking out loud next time on the pricing game spotlight we're looking at balance game wait wait we already did balance game this must be a new balance game is it a new balance game it is. Catchphrase is such a fascinating game show to talk about. So many different ways to go about this in this direction. I wrote it down that I was going to talk about catchphrase. If I had to do a solo episode, if no one was going to talk about catchphrase, I have to talk about catchphrase by myself. So I got to go all out on catchphrase. Art James is one of my favorite game show hosts of all time. One, because of the Peter Pan incident, but another because of his his hallmark game show hosting abilities this is a fun game show because this is an international format like i've watched burgo's catchphrase in australia i've watched catchphrase in the uk it just never caught on in america and it has been one of my biggest quandaries in probably 30 years at this point in the world of game shows like why did this show not work because it's such a, a fun format it's such an easy format it's just cartoons it's just cartoons and silly things being taken literally that's it that's the show so art james was a good host for it maybe it was the technology involved but when you see it like in Australia and in the UK when they had the red blue dynamic and this like flashy set and in projections maybe it was better I'm I, I have to come up with like reasons maybe the technology wasn't perfect in the 80s but it was better in the later 80s that's the only other thing I could think of cartoons at the time were very expensive and the budget was bad I, I so if you've never seen Catchphrase, it only lasted 65 episodes here in America, but it's been on for hundreds of episodes everywhere else that I watch game shows because it's such a fascinating game show. So if you've never seen Catchphrase before, and odds are you haven't, you might have remembered a certain phony game show clip, ho, 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 uh, from one of those laugh out loud game show moments. 
five seconds. Here we go. Marita. Man. Song and Dance Man's good, it's not the one. Sean! <laughs> it's another one. The infamous snake charmer fiasco of the UK catchphrase, which would go on to be just as iconic as, say, September and Turkey on Family Feud, would go on to be one of those priceless game show moments. Because if you've never seen catchphrase before, the idea is supposed to be you say what you see. Uh, if you see... Uh, for instance, ice cream, you'll be seeing eyes, and then you'll see a big mouth scream out of their pupils, for instance. Or uh, it could be a TV show. So, for instance, uh, The Walking Dead, you could just see the words dead doing like a little strut, for instance. Uh, and the idea is you buzz in, you say what you see. One of the most iconic characters on there was a guy by the name of Mr. Chips. This yellow tube character, because at the time of the 80s, animation, especially computer animation, was so rudimentary, this was the closest you can get to some sort of little robot character uh, called Chips, probably because of microchips at the time. Uh, In the American version, it was Herbie. Uh, I, I don't know why you got the Herbie. Probably it's someone's name who's an animation or producer. But uh, so Mr. Chips became an iconic character in the role of catchphrase. And he would be doing different actions. And the host would be like, "What's Mr. look, it's Mr. Chips. What's he doing? And then it's like batting an eye or something like that. Um, and the snake charmer incident went on in history because the super catchphrase was Mr. Chips in a tuxedo looking like he's masturbating. Easiest way to look at it, he's he has his hand gesture stroking up and down, and then in one frame, the next one, he's winking at you, and then he's holding his hat, so he's like tipping his hat while still jerking off. It's very weird. And then when you get to the fourth one, a big fucking snake shows up. And that's what makes it so funny, because it's masturbation humor. Uh, and this was all unintentional, I think, by the producers and anybody. They did not see that coming through. They were just expecting... Oh, maybe like the the cane, like a cane bow, so it looks like they're charming, or the snake will be the first thing shown, so we all know it has to do with a snake. And no, it didn't happen that way. So, uh, the the game of the game has different rules, and depending on which season, which format, UK or Burgo or American, in the American version. You there was like a random there's a randomizer in the most versions of catchphrase, Burgos included. It's there's a randomizer. You stop on like a one of nine different values on a puzzle wall. You you strike the screen, and like press your luck, big bucks, no whammies. Whatever's the value is how much each question is worth. Uh, and then there would be a big value at the end, which is the super password. Uh, so originally it was $100, and it, it then to $200, and then it's $225 to $350, and $375 to $500, and $525 to $700, round four. Uh, 
and then it becomes like a randomizer speed round. If you're right, you get to just push the button, and that's how much you get. But it's kind of like a um, in the UK ver. It's, this is why it's so weird. It's like it's just all randomized values. It's all randomized values. It never really kind of caught on. But in the original version in the UK, there was like a value of like 50 and it just kept going up and then it would reduce uh, with the super password. So when we seen super password, super catchphrase. So you would see a cartoon, you would see like silly thing, like, like pick anything, really anything you can ever think of, a person, a place, a thing, an idea, a famous phrase, a famous saying. If you can literally interpret that into a silly cartoon, you got yourself a catchphrase. So, uh, for for instance, like like it's unlike a concentration puzzle where it's a rebus, you know, like R plus uh, plus uh, a, a T, and then you minus the letter T, and then a person looking like he's jogging rerun, for instance. This would be, uh, instead, it would be like um, you would see uh, a crate, and the crate would then have like little X's around the crate, and they would be painted so they really emphasize the X. So why the X? Because it's Xbox. Get it? Things like that. Uh, And... (laughs) No, I, I'll say it. I think the randomizer, it kind of is okay, but it always feels like just a tacked-on addition to the show, both in the values and in the super pass in the super bonus word thing. But in the original formats, where it's just randomize the value, you get this, you get right, and there's a big jackpot where if you buzz with the correct catchphrase, you get the money that was in the randomizer. So it was like. 150 bucks to get 150 dollars plus you get a clue on the big super password board the big super catchphrase but why am i saying that i'm gonna hurt myself after this no uh so so you get the money on figuring out the catchphrase then you get a clue on the big board that will give you the jackpot if you figure out the super catchphrase i don't know if it's called super catchphrase it could be the big board it could be whatever and it's one of nine boxes so there's nine catchphrases and then there's like the big tenth one and if you don't figure it out there'll be another one to help you out because basically they'll just keep the show running they don't care if you know it or not these are blatantly easy puzzles by the way so odds are you'll figure it out but the the puzzles in catchphrase are very fun to look at and rather it's old school cgi or rudimentary animation or when they went to like cgi animation you're seeing like really cheap drawings or in the 90s with nick weir's version of catchphrase when it was all flash cartoons and looked straight out of like a comics page uh that's what made catchphrase work like burgo's catchphrase cartoons looked amazing it looked like something straight out of 1950s comics wow but still ending up having this amazing like graphic package. It's an animation lover's dream kind of to see these little puzzles uh, enacted on the show. And the randomizer, I think, was just a tacked-on option. But to randomize the super clue, the super puzzle, also worked. 
I'm going to keep saying password, I think. My brain's telling me password because I keep thinking password in this because the, the password leads to super password. And then there's like the, the alphabetics at the end of this. No, it's not. Uh, <laughs> so, I, well, I mean, there is technically alphabetics because you have to call a letter, but uh, no. Uh, <laughs> so the values keep going up with each round. Whoever has the most money at the end of the game goes on to the final round. The runner-up gets to keep their money as well, unless you're talking about certain pilots. Anyway, um, what I like about other versions, Burgo's version and Nick Weir's version, I will say, though, the um, the uh, Art James version, very old-school game show. I, it was too dry. This was not as silly as I wanted it to be, and I know Art James could play silly. But when you get to Roy Walker catchphrase, he was a host that was having fun with the contestants. This was the, the show where he just said almost every famous game show catchphrase you can think of that would be for this thing. Say what you see. That's a good guess, but it's not right. Oh, that's not right. It would always be a positive. It would be a positive game show. Oh, that's not what we're looking for. But that's a great guess. Even if we knew the guess was shit. <laughs> uh and you're only playing for like 40 quid it's like 40 quid on this one it's like 200 dollars american okay sure but when the show ended uh <laughs> they decided to pull the plug on catchphrase you get the money the money depletes for every clue that you get for every square left uncovered but hey you know what i enjoy about this show is that the animation was great. Nick Weir's version made it feel like a Saturday primetime show. Hey, we're checking out Catchphrase. We're going to give away a trip around the world in our final round. Because the bonus round in the original version was simply put bingo. Get five across. Up and down or diagonally. If you go through the star, you get a bonus prize. In the original version from Art James, it was $5,000. If you go through the star, it's $10,000. But the star was the toughest puzzle in the board uh, on every other version it is up and down left and right straight across whatever and that star is a bonus prize which would work and i mean i like these formats i just love the play along factors catchphrases has so much play along i fall in love with this game every single time i watch it regardless of what version is the randomizer part i tune out of like, I think, okay, that's just to, to add suspense to the game. But honestly, the when it gets to later on, Nick Weir's version, it plays very 90s, where it's, we're giving you money, and then there's a bigger value. And then round two, everything has a certain theme. And then round three, they basically play You Don't Know Jack rules, where it starts at 250 pounds, but the money ticks away for every second. Uh, that slips by until you ring in with the correct answer. And then their version of the bonus round to win the prize is basically Pathfinder from The Price is Right. Uh, you have to go, or or I guess you can say Blockbuster's Golden Run. you got to go from left to right. Uh, with a connecting block, you can't go diagonally. So left, you have to go right, right, down, right, right, down, right, up, right, right to win. Uh, if you win, you get a, you get a nice vacation, and then you get some cash. 
Uh, and, and I had fun with this. I, I have fun looking at that version because you got to think uh, like 2000s TV and you're giving away like 3000 pounds and a trip and a fun little spot prize. that's like a, a little vacuum cleaner. And then like, they also got like $800 as well. So it's like, Hey, you know, that's not that bad for, for what this show is, which is just really silly cartoons and taking things way too literally. And it was one of those iconic game shows. Like they, when you went to Roy Walker's 80s version and then puts to an N and then you get Nick Weirs. Then he tripped and had like a cast for a while. Then he quit and then went to Mark Curry. I, it, it kind of was like, this is it. This is all catchphrase could be is this. But then it got a huge revival. And I would say that this revival of catchphrase now is actually the best version of catchphrase. So as much as I would say, let's reminisce about Roy Walker's version and Snake Charmer, the Stephen Mulhern version is the most Americanized version of catchphrase, but has the same British sensibilities as most of their other shows. Because they were able to stretch the show out to be an hour. Well, 45 minutes long to an hour, but you get the idea. Uh, so, what used to be a 22-minute show, like a half-hour show, ring in, say what you see, you win, has a much clearer format, if that makes sense. There is no randomizer on the show. There is no, you lose money for every ticket, so you'll see someone win by like five pounds or six pounds or a weird odd number of money like 13 you win congratulations no um so depending on which version because there's celebrity version and then civilian version in the civilian version there's three contestants a red player yellow player and a blue player instead of just a red and blue player and a randomizer which is a head-to-head 1v1 game this is a three-player classic ass game show where the first round is a qualifier to win any money in this show, you have to get three catchphrases right. So there, it's basically a speed round where if you see what you say, you, you say what you see, you ring in when you think you know what it is, you get it right, you get a point, and you fill in your grid kind of like Trio Pursuit America plays. If you don't get it right, you're locked out until another of the two people buzz in. Unless you can figure it out within like a span of a second. It's very fun in that regard. Um... First to three advances, and then the last two play on to be the next of three to play. And that's the game. First two to survive go on to the cash round. In the cash round, uh, it's it's such a, a easier thing to say. You ring in with a catchphrase, you get 100 pounds. And then you get a clue on the super catchphrase board. And the soup and the catchphrase on this one, this big puzzle board, the bonus catchphrase, is worth, I believe, five hundred pounds. Wow! So you can get a lot in round one. In round two, this is going to shock you. The values increase. It's two hundred a correct catchphrase, and if you figure out the bonus, it's a thousand pounds. Wow! Uh, and there's no reduction, there's no ticking clock, and if you do a celebrity version, this is where it switches. Uh, there'll be a third round where it's 300 and 1500. 
for the bonus. Why would there be that? Because they don't do a qualifying round. The qualifying round is just round one, 500. Round two is for 1,000. Round three is for 1,500 with 300. In the final round, the speed round, every correct answer is worth 500 pounds. And there is no bonus. It's just one after the other until time runs out. When time runs out, whoever has the most money wins and goes on to the final round. Everyone else gets to keep their cash. So if it was charity money, all the charities get their respective money. Uh, the other player, they get, hey, you've got like 1,200 pounds. Good job. Uh, and that winner goes on to our final round where they get to play for 50,000 pounds, which is a crap ton of money for this game show. It, I know, you know, I just realized we just did pyramid and this is a pyramid in this version and it's also big money and follows the same things that I loved about pyramid. Anyway, um, <clears throat> instead of a five by five bingo format, they just got to climb up the pyramid of catchphrase like Epic Game Show. There is five clues in level one. Four clues in level two, three clues in level three, but there is one in the center, uh, two clues in level four, and only one in level five. Uh, the numbers are split up with 15 different clues. So one, two, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, and then the top one, 15. Uh, if you decide to go for number 11, which is in the middle of the pyramid, you got to get through level three in the center. It's a bonus prize, which is a very expensive cruise or very expensive island holiday in addition to some money that you can win. There's no like trip around the world for completing the ladder, but this is now a very simplified version of catchphrase. Now it's solved the catchphrases, but now with like a money ladder. If you just beat one of these final catchphrases, 2500 you can pass on any of the of the pa of the catchphrases but you must stay on the tier so you, you you skip one you can go to two skip two to go to three go to four go to five the first level 2500 but you still got to keep going the timer is still ticking level two it's for five thousand pounds with four choices level three where that bonus prize is ten thousand pounds level four is twenty five thousand with only two, and these are getting challenging, with that final one on top being 50,000 pounds. 50,000 pounds is still a shit ton of money no matter what you look at. As of this recording, $62,769 because economy. But uh, you always play the game show rule of it's just double the US dollar. Um, so it's life-changing amounts of money for solving catchphrases. What used to be just, hey, you're winning a luxury holiday, or you're winning a luxury trip, and a few thousand pounds is now big money catchphrase and makes it that primetime element where I can compare catchphrase in UK right now to that of $100,000 pyramid here in America. It's an hour-long version of the iconic game show with the things that you remember from the 80s game show, but more of it, in a way that's fascinating. So if Celebrity Editions, there's three rounds of play in a speed round, the 500 bonus, $1,000 bonus, $1,500 bonus, 
and then the 500 for every correct answer with the final round being if the whoever wins got the most money if they get star 11 the consolation prize winners which is whoever the other two players are will get their charity money doubled so you're also playing for the other two in the process as well which is also a very very good thing because you can win fifty thousand dollars fifty thousand pounds more for your charity but also you're giving more to the other charities that need it as well for the civilian contestants because they often do civilian episodes with three contestants, the first round is the qualifier. Round two is the 500-pound bonus. Round two is the 1,000-pound bonus. And then it's 500 for every catchphrase thereafter until it ends. Whoever has the most at, when time runs out goes on to that bonus round for 50,000. That's it. That's the, the simplistic version of this modern format. And you know what? That's the format I love because... A, I can easily t- explain it to you. I don't have to say there's a randomizer and one value is 45 and 165 and there's a spot prize here and this is there. There's a spot prize in these versions as well, but usually it's kind of like a prize puzzle. It's kind of like, oh, you solve the second catchphrase in round two, so you will win this. You got the third catchphrase in round one, so you win this. And it's always some nice little novelty toy. It's not like a, it's not a crap toy. It, it really is kind of like a, oh, like ho- household appliance, like classic game show prize or something that people might actually need, which is actually kind of an interesting prize to give away these days. Um, especially when you think about it, like it's like, you know, most of the time we're all laughing at like, oh, you want to tease me. But here they're like, how how would you like your very own sofa and television? Hell yes. And plus it's cash that's easily digestible because it's flat even 100 and it goes on. So all you got to say is, hey, if I was to do an American version, I would just do it like that. I would just make it a hundred and five hundred dollars and two hundred and a thousand dollars and fifty thousand dollars in the final round. Like that's all you gotta do. <laughs> There's no no real way to overlap this. Um and I remember seeing the pilot with Todd Newton as the host and I didn't care for it because this was at a Fremont low point. And this was when they said we're not gonna call him Mr. Chips, we're gonna call him Mr. Clues. Because we don't know why he's called Mr. Chips in the UK, and we're not going to try our best to figure that out either. So, for catchphrase, what I love about the show is the technology, the animation, and the presentation. And while I could talk about Roy Walker, this is a Stephen Mulhern show. You don't know who Stephen Mulhern is, probably, because most of you are Americans, or you're just not listening to this. Uh, he was basically a children's host for a bit, and he got his start doing magic. So he was like a ma- magician kind of person, and he was doing kind of comedy, and he grew into this persona where he's just a sly, silly, calm person that you can trust, and he's fu- he is actually, I would say, British Neil Patrick Harris. Like, he is the equivalent of if I had to make the American catchphrase, you get Neil Patrick Harris to host. Because they're almost alike in both that magic love and their sense of humor on the show. So, 
Why do I like catchphrase? The play-along factor with the cartoons. Taking things literally, you can play your own game. I know the problem with talking about this show is it's a visual game show, and it's focused on visuals, and this is an audio podcast, but I just enjoy it so much. And Stephen Mulhern's version is primo best catchphrase in my mind because it's just the most Americanized version. Three contestants have two, no randomizer, bonus prizes, we're throwing cash your way, here's a dream like cruise, that at the end of the show, when you see the big winner, most of the time they're not going to get to that 50000 They're going to get to like 10000 or 25000 Stephen then recaps like, oh, you tough luck, you didn't get to 25000 but you got 10,000 pounds, yay, and you won that luxury trip. And let's take a look at what you could have had. But let's put this into consideration. You got ten thousand here. You won two thousand nine hundred in the so you won twelve thousand nine hundred pounds today. Very game show ass game show. You also won this and this. And sometimes if they win like the fifty thousand or twenty five thousand, they're going their lives are changing. This is life changing amounts of money playing catchphrase. And I think that's also a sign of like why this show works is exactly like I said in the Pyramid episode. Pyramid works because when you're watching the show, you're seeing silly things happen. The contestants give clues. You're playing along with that because you're trying to figure out what, what they're going to say. And then they're going to get some money at the end. With Catchphrase, you can play along. You're going to see the cartoons you're going to shout out your screen what the answer is. You're going to see people buzz in and give really bad guesses. Odds are there'll be at least five an episode. Trust me on that. There's always going to be really bad guesses. And they're very funny guesses, too. You're going to laugh at that and still go on and still laugh and play along. Because you're playing along, you're thinking this is a lighthearted show. But then it gets a little better. Because, like I said, there's that aspirational aspect of the game show. You can play along. You know the answers. So you want to be a contestant on the show, maybe. You can. I want to get like 3,000 pounds answering these questions. These aren't questions. They're just. Look, it really is just someone skinning the cat. I'll let you interpret what you think uh, the video evidence of skinning the cat is. And. Obviously, if there was an American version, you would just do euphemisms for, like, different ways of masturbating. Um, but it will work because it could be anything from titles of TV shows and songs to catchphrases, little catchphrases to famous sayings. And it works. It, it friggin' works as a fun show. And that aspiration of you can play along mixed with then you're going to see a contestant, whoever wins the show. They've already won like 4,000 pounds, and that's theirs to keep no matter what. But then they can win 50,000 pounds more, and that's like their salary times four. That's life-changing as well. And all they have to do is just figure out what uh, would I lie to you is uh, as a cartoon where Mr. Chips is in a bed spooning the letter U. And the bed is made of wood. Or 
or maybe it's a wooden eye spooning a you in bed would i lie would would i lie to you get get funny hilarious all right <laughs> i don't know what i'm doing um but no like like this show it, it's compelling television it's a very fun game show now i love play along factors in game shows I think a lot of UK game shows I talk about are quiz base and UK game shows are entirely quiz base. Rather it's the chase, even pointless has quiz elements now. Tipping point, mastermind, who wants to be a millionaire, the original like import. Bullseye we talked about a few weeks ago has questions. It pounds for points with questions. But catchphrase was a show that flopped in the Americas and then had success in the UK and has now gone on in a rebooted version for about six years now? Seven years? Almost? Um, and it's still becoming this fun show to keep watching and staying tuned to. And I'm honestly, I wish I couldn't scream, I want an American version but we don't have that luxury of knowing what catchphrase is unless you say, hey, it's a flopped game show from the 80s. And I don't think you can go to any pitch meeting and say, well, catchphrase flopped in America because it's not going to sell. It did very well in the UK. It did very well in Australia. But as an American format, no, it did not. And I think the reason it worked in the UK is because it was clever. UK rewards being clever, rather that's in countdown with the letters or in the quiz format of their shows. This is a show that rewards being clever. You're seeing the silly thing. It's a clever little literal puzzle, and you're laughing and giggling, and that's it. Now let's go on to Australia's version. Now, while I will say Stephen Mulhern's catchphrase is the definitive best catchphrase, I have to give big shout-outs to Burgo. Burgo's catchphrase in Australia might be one of my all-time favorite Australian game shows as well. When I talk about Australian game show, I mean, I look, I look at every game show. I try to talk about every game show I can. It's hard to dissect them all, I understand. But when it comes to Australian game shows, Burgo's catchphrase might be my favorite. Because Burgo, now I do I how, how do I start this with, with Burgo's catchphrase? So it was the nineties, uh, and basically John Burgo is a game show host. He was uh, he was basically a, a very clever little radio host, and he did uh, Wheel of Fortune early on in his career, and. Then he, he like, that was, like, for, like, 12 years of his life. He did Wheel of Fortune. And then he did Catchphrase. But they called it Burgo's Catchphrase. And it played exactly like the classic UK format in the original, you know, randomizer, boopity boopity do. Uh, but what I love about this was there was, like, so there is prizes to be won. Uh, in the show so you still win cash and it was very lesser because it was uh for e they had returning champions it's basically one reason i liked it but two 
it was a value based thing so there was a randomizer and then 100 round one 200 round two 300 round three and a minor prize in one of the nine squares it was always something very fun and these are very fun cartoons and burgo was this class class act game show host like when i like australia does not have class quite like john burgo sitting there like just looking at the screen going come on say what you see and it's just magic it is such a magic game show the set dressing looks like classic 1950s throwback 60s with like that weird you know like that that era when everything was like that weird art deco kind of thing with like blues and and yellows and like almost like take me to tv land it was kind of like that um and you just had great contestants and almost kind of like a classic uk game show burgo would just interview them for like five to ten minutes like careless about the show itself just to like have fun and talk to the contestants and just have like interaction with them to make them seem human but what made this one work was even though the values were very low because 100 200 300 in the bonuses they had returning champions and they had it so if you win catchphrase because they still play classic round like 100 200 300 and then the speed round was super catchphrase they had it so this is what made it great uh you would win a call you would win a, a trip or or a prize package and if you just got one line you would win one prize if you got one line it was in the center just like in the classic 25 square you would get the even better prize just like in the roy walker era of of catchphrase but if you won five games that's when the game went to a whole new situation where now you're playing for a brand new car and there was the Volkswagen logo in the center or the Hyundai logo in the center or, or some other version of the symbol. Um, to play the puzzle, you had to call it the name of the sponsor. So you can't just say M, you have to say Volkswagen. Uh, if you won the car at any time, you retire from the show. But if you didn't, you can still keep playing and you could be on for multiple days. So the returning champion aspect of the show made it kind of fun. And apparently, I'm getting word here that July 2019, so last year, almost like a year to the T, Grant Denier was going to be the host of a revival of Catchphrase with uh, John Burgo doing guest appearances. So that's kind of fascinating. Um, I, I would really love to see, like a return to catchphrase in australia but hmm that's kind of that's kind of that's i'm on board with that even even with uh grant danier grant's a very charismatic guy too so i think he can hold that show to his own and I'm, I'm pretty sure they'll probably make it kind of like the they'll stretch it to an hour and probably make it like the uk rule so it's just 100 dollars, and and the bonuses were 500 and that's it they won't do a randomizer. I don't think they're going to do randomizers anymore with this show because I think that complicates things. Uh, but you know, I I gotta just give props to Burgo's catchphrase. It's a set that I just really enjoy so much, and like when you see like the original one with like an old timey like di diamond shape. 
it looks like another classy ass game show but when you get to the tv land burgos catchphrase set where everything's just rounded and rounded edges and screens oh my god i love it i love when it has that classy three uh podium desk and just i just want more of that that's all i want it's just more silly fun like that but I love the cartoons. I think that's why I attract myself to catchphrase. Because if you were a kid, you would just be looking at this going like, well, look at these fast-paced cartoons. But you would also be looking at the what the puzzles is and the solutions. And Art James was just very, whatever. Roy Walker's presentation is, is upbeat, uplifting. Burgo is the classiest game show host in australia like oh tough luck keep going with this i think you're on to something and stephen mulhern is just presenter extraordinaire of soft-spoken nice person like i wish that was correct but it's not and if there something was a really bad guess much like what would be normal he would point out that was the worst guess so there isn't really much else to go about with catchphrase other than obviously this is a piece of game show leg- legacy. I love seeing catchphrase out in the wilderness. I love seeing this game show be played out. I love seeing the cartoons. There's a lot of effort that goes into the show that really goes unnoticed, such as the animations in these cartoons. And for me it's i gotta say that i think you can try and revive the show you just can't do what was that american pilot i think you can try again with this and i'm glad australia's gonna take the risk soon i hope america takes the dive soon but for right now the uk version is the only one and when you consider all of these game shows that just are quiz questions and quiz questions and quiz questions and trivia, 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 it feels good that there's a game show that just rewards staying the obvious. It's just staying what's literally shown on the screen. If you are going to see pies fly in the clouds, you buzz in and say pies in the sky. It's not difficult. It's fun. And to me, Game shows should be fun, and this is a classic game show in that regard. And I wish more people would appreciate the effort that goes into the animation, the fun that goes into like the buzzing in and answering, the comedy that comes in wrong guesses, and clearly they're bad guesses, but they have no nothing else to say, and this is a free shot, just like Family Feud, that it's something very special. And then when you cross into that a big t- cash prize, you got something that will entice people to watch. And that's what I enjoy. Now, cars are one thing and trips are one thing. And that was the staple for the show. When they turned over from like, here is the trip to Greece or the trip to Japan to here's 50,000 pounds, you got something even bigger than that. And I like that. Now, I'm not saying, hey, every game show should have like a big money budget, but I think an iconic game show like Catchphrase could should definitely be having a big cash prize. 
it should definitely be having that big reward system attached to it. And I'm glad it does with this show. I just I just want to see more of this. I I would gladly see a 20 episode run of this if they did 5 days a week for 4 weeks. Go get on that ITV. I think also as I have to uh, talk this up because as of this recording just like how COVID is affecting all over the world and productions have kind of just been guesswork. In America, Card Sharks was the one of the first game shows to get back to work. In the UK, Catchphrase was the first to get back to work. And I, I'm excited about that. I think it, that's a safe show to work on because there's not a, there's not a big crowd i don't even think there is an audience in, on catchphrase in the uk these days and if you can safe distance and you just buzz in and say what you see that's it you know here's mr chips flying a kite and then like uh there's uh let's see what would it, uh there would be a, like a fish There'd be a fish attached to the kite. So you could say fly fishing. That's It's all puns and wordplay. If you didn't like it, I'm sorry. But yeah, that's, that's about I know it, it's a very quick episode, but that's all I can say about it. I love Catchphrase. I wish there was more of it. I'm glad there's more coming soon to the UK. But at the same time, America can have it. I could see it coming to America. I just don't see it being like the Todd Newton pilot. I'm not going to say anything more about that pilot because it was just blue. But make it more like the Mulhern, you have a winner. And that show is a lot of fun. I encourage people to watch it. But that's just me.